Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the Beat Reporters, Jim Thomas from sunny Seattle, I assume, and Tom Timmerman from the STL. Uh, JT, we'll jump right in. Uh, 2-0 start for the Blues. Uh, not, not the prettiest games, certainly lots to work on. But when you look around the league, you see some other teams struggling. You'll uh, you'll wade into the season with two wins. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Blues made it very interesting in Seattle last night. But uh, <clears throat> this is a team that can score goals. Uh, they had they had one of the highest scoring teams in uh, in franchise history last year. And even without David Perron, looks like they're headed headed down the same path. And uh, it was interesting. Shen was talking about last night at the end of the game about how. You know, they don't have the $12 million players, but basically, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong slices up the pie into several pieces, and they, they've had seven seven different players score goals so far. And, uh, you know, Justin Falk is a guy that, you know, maybe we've, we've, we've overlooked his it, since he's been here, at least in terms of his scoring potential. But he was fifth in the league last year, fifth in scoring by Demon, and he's, he's down that path again uh, – Again, this season, he, he was slapping that stick on the ice. He wanted the puck and uh, uh, Tarasenko was right in front of the net, but I guess he didn't like the angle. Uh, maybe he thought he was in too tight, passed it back to Falk. And, uh, and that was it. A narrow escape for our boys. Yeah, it really never should have come to that. They really should have been. It's kind of game. They against a team like Seattle, which did not look good in the first period. And then they just lipped identities seemed in the rest of the game. Um, Hey, it's four points, and it's four points I can't take away from you. And next stop is Edmonton. Yeah, let's talk for a minute about uh, Falk because, you know, had Scott Barunovic stayed healthy, there's a chance that, you know, Scott's in the lineup. He's, if he's in the lineup, he's likely taking some of the power play work. You know, maybe they use two D-men, or maybe, as we saw in the past, uh, Barunovic plays uh, on the power play, and they save Falk's minutes for the PK and his five-on-five -five work. But with no, uh, no Barunovic, uh, Justin's got to do all things uh, with playing all aspects of it. And, uh, you know, JT, we, again, we're reminded he's, he's, he, this was what he did best before he came to St. Louis. And that was the, the play with the man advantage. Yeah. He's always had a heavy shot, a big shot. And, and I think his speed is uh, underrated. I remember, and, and, and maybe Tom does too. It might've been at the start of last season, how he, he finished supposedly very strong in their, uh, testing a uh, speed testing I, I don't know what what kind of a uh, a dash it is but he he's he's one of the fastest blues and that that first goal uh he, he just blew past three defenders and, and a great pass by shen and then a, a nifty backhand uh to score but yeah he was known as a, a an offensive defenseman when he came here and uh he, he, he certainly uh showed that last night yeah, I was thinking on that on that first goal he scored when he goes sailing past the goal. There's like that that better go in because otherwise, you know, you know some, someone's not back on defense on the other end from the uh, from the blue line. He was, uh, you know, he had some catching up to do if that didn't go in. You know, they'll he is probably I, I was saying. I mean, he's the he is going to be the top scorer on the blue line. Pareko's not going to get the power play time, and I think Falk's going to do more with Krug. So he's probably going to be your your guy. Uh, for the offense back there. I mean, they'll get stuff from other guys, but he's going to be the leading scorer, I would expect, among defensemen. Well, we do know what happens when you get caught up the ice uh, because the Blues, as the game turned against them in Seattle, they did have a, 
a bit of a breakdown that led to a breakaway and then a second chance opportunity off the breakaway for a goal after a great save by Bennington. Um, but on balance, you know, that first save by Bennington and of course the great save he made sliding to his left when he may have overplayed to the right, but then he got all the way to the left and did splits. Uh, JT, it would, it would appear that uh, the confident Benner is back and also that his knee's doing okay because it, his knee wasn't in great shape to, doing throwing the leg out for those, those that split there. That would have been difficult. Yeah, it sure would have. And, and again, smallest of sample size, just two games. But uh, these have been very, very strong games. Not even a hint of a soft goal uh, given up by uh, uh, by Bennington. And, and uh, you know, uh, Baruby wondered uh, out loud if uh, maybe uh, a referee McDougal should have blown the puck dead because actually it was the second poke at a rebound by Donato. Uh, that got in. <laughs> yeah, Letty and Falk, they got caught so far up ice. I mean, they were they were practically drinking out of the uh, water bottle of uh, Martin Jones. They were they were they were they were so deep in the zone. And and uh, you know, as we mentioned in the uh, the game story, not now available on STL.com, <laughs> by the way. Uh, uh, but Ruby, he really likes the, the defenseman to jump in, but he he thought they got a little carried away. I mean, there there, there is a there is a fine line uh to, to all that and 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 maybe they got a little over aggressive uh at times but uh it's definitely uh, a part of the offense that uh, baruby likes yeah but that was also yeah one of the big things he's baruby said about defense is less odd man rushes and i wish there were analytics i could have that would point to where the blues ranked on odd man rushes but boy did it seem like that a lot and um yeah, and um, and and they have trended towards that at times here early on, but uh, you know this, this is the time not to be dumb, as uh, Dory Krug said. Yeah, this uh, you know the, the chief had some some concerns about you know as a uh, preseason wound down and started the regular season and really even starting the game against uh, you know really unfortunately uh, you know they caught Columbus at a bad time. Columbus was tired. Columbus loses line A. Uh, Columbus runs out of gas in that game. There were moments, there were stretches of that game where the Blues had some issues, certainly stretches in the in the preseason as well. And then, uh, you know, a bad turnover in Seattle in the middle of the ice, uh, you know, to, to give when, to give at the time the Kraken didn't have a lot of life, but they got a goal off of that mishap. So there's still some work to do, JT. They've had a lot of practice time. They have most of the same guys back from last year. But, but clearly there's going to have to be some more cleanup in terms of uh, just, as they say, puck management with this team. Yeah, and last night I think the the, the puck management uh, in their own zone what, what was an issue. Uh, they they uh, I think they're really emphasizing getting it out quick, but sometimes they tried to get it out quick just to get it out, and it, it wasn't a wise decision. Sometimes it's good just to wait that second or two longer, or maybe instead instead of just dumping it down the ice to maybe turn around and, and you go a different direction. And they they weren't good at all in the. Uh, in, in the puck management. And, and that, that's something that uh, Baruby said was kind of the, the number one thing when they got up three to one, you don't need to be fancy. You don't need to be cute. You don't need to be a sprint team to get up the ice. Again, he likes the aggressiveness, but, but to a point, but uh, you know, he thought just, Hey, you're up three to one, keep it simple, simplify the game. And, and, and they didn't do that. Another thing uh, a couple of the players mentioned both Shen and Falk is that they, they don't feel like they have their legs yet playing two games and that the pace of Seattle was just, and give Seattle credit. I mean, they've, they've got some, some more recognizable names. They've added Burkowski, Bjorkstead in the, uh, in the off season. I mean, they've got a better lineup and, and they kept after the blues, but uh, uh, 
uh, again, I, I think that was maybe the, the, or has been the one big disadvantage of, of playing only, uh, playing only uh, uh, two games. I think almost half the league had played at least four games entering last night's game. And here the, the blues were sitting at one and, and now fellas, we got to, uh, we got to sit around and wait a couple more days before they play Edmonton on Saturday. At least it's an afternoon game on Saturday. You don't have to stay save six hours or something. Yeah. Two and a, two and a half day wait or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, and it's the same actually problem for us as, as writers where you, where you're like, you're running out of stories to write. And I think for, you know, on off days, and I think for Baruby and the coaches, it's like we're running out of things. We need to look at games to know what they need to work at, to know what you, you know, okay, we're, we're good. This is something you can draw up all your practice plans and say, we're going to work on this, this, and this but until you get in a game and say, all right, this needs reinforcement. Yeah. You don't know. And so, uh, you know, kind of they're learning what they have to learn uh, on the fly as well as getting their legs. Well, they did have to make an adjustment in Seattle with uh, Pavel Buchnevich uh, unable to answer the bell. You know, we talked earlier on uh, an earlier edition of the Netfront Presence about what a, a Josh Levo could add to the uh, to the mix, and he's a guy who is capable of uh, playing up on the lineup as a fill-in. You know, he's he had that uh, offensive ability. You know, he's certainly done it in the American League. Uh, he's flashed that offensive skill in his uh, various trials in the NHL, and so they're able to plop him in and then move Shen up as a winger and uh, move some parts around that way. So I guess it did not take long JT for the, uh, you know, the addition of Josh Lieber to, to pay off at least getting him in the mix as a, as a fill in. Yeah. Got him buying. I think in the short term, uh, he, he can, uh, he can do that so much for line stability. We made it all <laughs> up uh, one game with the same lines intact. But uh, the Buchnevich thing—I don't know if you guys saw anything in the uh, in the opener. I, I did. He get hit with a puck or whatever. It's a it's a lower body. Uh, he he goes out on the morning skate. He's off the ice uh, really quick. And Shen said he didn't know till he showed up to the rink for the game that he was being moved up to Thomas and Tarasenko. I you think at this point Shen has played a lot with everybody, but he said he he's he's hardly ever played with Thomas and. Uh, uh, I'm sure everyone loves the, the, to play with Thomas because he's going he's gonna to get you the puck. As for Buchnevich, he was, I will say, the, the blue scratches and extras were up in the box directly to my left, and Buchnevich was Mr. Congeniality. He uh, <laughs> came over and asked me for Barbyshev's face-off totals uh, at one point between periods. And then he, he came by and uh, dropped off a Starbust, Starburst, a little orange Starburst for me. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Give me that little extra energy boost late at night. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Tom, actual interaction with the, uh, the players. I mean, this is unbelievable. You're, you're actually human contact. It's a whole new world now with, uh, with the locker rooms open. Yes. It is something, and and this is one of the weird things about hockey, where when players on the road or in the press box, yeah, they often are sitting right next to you. I, th- I remember a few years ago, I have Jordan Cairo sitting right next to me, and uh, I get an email that says, you know, he's just been sent down to, to the minors. It's like Jordan, you just yeah, you know. Did you break the news to him, or yeah, he? I think they told him before the game, before they sent out the email. But it was like well, uh, that was one of those years where Jordan was bouncing back and forth. But it's 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 kind of amusing to be in those situations. Yeah, you know, Josh, I, I think there was no issues with Levo's game. It's uh, you know, he, he, he got power play time. I mean, here you know, yeah. you go from being you know out to uh, 
to, to being in. And why, hey, you were there. Achari got power play time. There was, there was, I don't know if someone was wrong. Barbashev, I think, had, yeah. it was not there for some reason. I don't know if there was yeah. an equipment thing going on, but looking on the ice, it's like, what's he doing on the power play? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute, 52's out there. Yeah, Lavo, though, three minutes, 16 seconds at the candy store. That's a lot of, that's a lot of power play time, man. Well, yeah, and that's another speaks to, you know, this is a guy that did once score 20 goals. And I mean, I don't think that, I think that was his outlier. I don't expect that to happen again, but it, it is helpful to have guys that you have on the fourth line in a support role that have some ability, you know, to, to finish, you know, and they certainly found that last year with Walker coming up, who had been a productive player in the American league and willing to play the, uh, the fourth line role cheerfully in, in the NHL. And he was able to add some punch so, you know, uh, JT, it's, it's a good thing that maybe it's a, it could be weird at times to see some of these guys plugging up there, but, you know, I mean, again, it just adds to, you know, how do you replace um, David Braun's goals, you know, by committee. And if you have, that means your fourth line guys and your filling guys can, can jump up in offensive roles here and there, then, then all the better. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see how this plays out over time. Oh, for three on the power play. We're a little spoiled. We're used to seeing something almost every game. The first power play I thought was really good. They had good chances. They moved the puck. The next two, uh, not so much. Can I just interject? Tom mentioned the don't be dumb, which is coined by Tory Krug. And I, I believe Tory Krug wins the don't be dumb award with the, uh, <laughs> the play uh, with a puck going off his stick. You know, a lot of times those effects, the deflections are like bang, bang. But this was like a slow motion deflection. It wasn't a hard shot by Larson at all. But uh, it's I it's just kind of instinct. And I guess Krug just couldn't help it. Puts the stick down. Looks like it was going wide of the net. Goes in. Krug uh, bangs the stick. Breaks it in half. That's a uh, what? What do those things cost? A couple of hundred bucks for for a nice yeah. stick? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it was like instantly. He just like you know when he smacks that stick on the on the post, it was like oh he he was beside himself. That was because uh, because yeah, there was nothing Bennington could do at that point. All you're not expecting that puck there, and next thing you know, zoom! It's slow speed agony. That was uh, by the way, JT. That was I think. Joe Pavelski's every goal he's ever scored was pretty much that type of deflection. I think that's how he made a living. Of course, scoring, you know, for his team, standing out in front of the net and then redirecting shots that apparently weren't headed to the, Oh, now they're going in. Now it's going in. So yeah, that was just, you know, that, that weird goal. And then like the, uh, the second chance goal off the breakaway, which was our third chance goal. Um, really? I mean, this is, um, the rest of it from, at least from Bennington's standpoint was, was refreshing. JT, are you sensing, uh, I mean, a small sample, but uh, can, can you sense that they're doing a better job when, when the play is settled of, of trying to keep things on the outside? I mean, we've talked about odd man rushes being problematic and breakaways for sure, but uh, just in terms of when the team's, you know, is in a more of a sustained offensive position, the opponent, are they, are they keeping things on the outside? Do you see any progress there? It seems like it. I mean, it's not like a universal thing. I mean, there's, there, there've been a couple of occasions where they've, they've allowed them to get inside, but yeah, overall, it seems like it. It's something that they're certainly stressing, uh, stressing, uh, a lot. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would say, uh, you know, so far so good, interesting thing. And I'll probably follow up right a little more on Biddington for uh, Friday's paper, but Chen said, uh, a couple of times post game that he just uh, has been impressed with the way 
Biddington's been uh, approaching things, working this year, uh, coming in extra uh, uh, early. I mean, staying late, uh, doing stuff uh, off the ice, which I assume may, maybe in the gym or, or in the film room. So, uh, uh, you know, I guess a level of determination for Jordan Bennington. And again, not to say maybe that he that he, he wasn't working hard last year, but but he's up that a notch and so far reaping some early dividends, I would say. Yeah, and here's a guy that still has not faced a whole lot of shots, uh, you know, in game action this season compared to others, and he's he seems to be starting out pretty well. Um, you know, he's the, for a guy that you know, you know, got you know played one full game in the exhibition season and parts of uh, two or three others, and now he's got two full games. He he looks like he is um, more in the the swim of things than uh, you might expect. All right, let's take a look at some of the teams around uh, this side of the league, because uh, things are, are, are interesting. You know, just when I write that, boy, look at all these teams there, they could be, uh, this could be an interesting race because there's so many teams that are capable. Um, start with the Minnesota wild sort of the direct rival of the, of the blues. I mean, they trade cam Talbot who does not want to share the net with Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, they lose Kevin Fiala to free agency because of their cap concerns for the season. Boy, rough start. Uh, for both goaltenders, I guess they've already given up six goals above average. Um, oh, wait a minute. They just get they gave up another one. So yeah, between uh, Mark Andre and then uh, Philip Gustafson, it's been a little rough uh, to the point, and there's been a lot of line juggling. And now you got th- that desperate team facing the equally des- uh, desperate uh, Canucks, who've already been ripped by their uh, the, the hockey czar Jim Rutherford, um, and they're they're defensively porous. Uh, you know, it's uh, like I wrote about today on STL. I mean, it's like Ron Cron would say, it's early, but it's late. And for a couple of other teams, they're really in that hunt for those playoff spots. Um, pretty scary starts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota, a little bit surprising. But, I mean, maybe Flurry's maybe he's near the end. You know, he hasn't been the goalie the last couple, three years that, 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 that he had been. And uh, uh, we all know it's, it's all about uh, – all about uh, – uh, goaltending. I, I think Colorado has shown, at least so far, they're, I mean, they're still very good, but they're still kind of back to the pack a little bit. So, and, and now Landeskog's going to be out, what is it, like 12 weeks, they're saying, so uh, with uh, uh, knee surgery. So uh, maybe some hope for teams in the Central and, and teams in the West. Yeah, well, and, you know, Minnesota is a team that if they're not doing that, that's one of those things where the projections was have the blues, you know, at the bottom, you know, in the three, four five range there in the central, you take Minnesota out of the picture that uh, that works well in their benefit. Yeah. You know, Colorado, I don't know that anyone's going to catch them unless they don't get somebody else hurt as well. Um, but there, yeah, I don't, Vancouver, how many, how do you explain that? Because they, they were so good uh, last season. Uh, I don't know what's happened. Yeah, a couple of things. I think they didn't really, they need to get better on their defensive core needs to be better. They got a lot of money sunk into Tyler Myers and he just came off the injured list. I'm not sure how much that's going to help. He's not super mobile, he's super big, but not super mobile. And, but yeah, you know, and Bruce Boudreaux, he tried to spread his talent over three. I love when coaches, you know, we're, we're going to split up our best guys over three lines because that's always good. You know, let's just separate the, the better players. So they'll uplift the lesser players that or the lesser players will drag down the better players, which, you know, which is could be part of the problem, although their issues are more defensive. Uh, um, you know, JT, another team, you know, I, I think they're going to be fine. I really like the Predators. 
I like Niederreiter. You know, he's been off to a good start. I love the addition of McDonough. Um, but yeah, they had a bunch of guys have peak years last year. And uh, so far, uh, you know, Soros has not been great in goal. Yeah. And uh, obviously he was, he was great uh, uh, last year. Wasn't he a, a Vezina finalist? I, I thought uh, uh, maybe he was. Have they won since they've come back to the uh, U.S.? Maybe they should have stayed. What was it? Czech Republic? Where they were playing? They're two, two, and one. They're two. Oh, they're, oh, they're two and one in the States? Two, two, and one. So. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah they, so. They've won. But yeah, I, I thought they would be a team that would really uh, uh, would really rise up to past Nashville levels, but maybe maybe not so much. I I don't know. Well, we'll get we'll get a look uh, next week when the the Blues hit uh, the Blues hit uh, Music City. We'll see what uh, how they stack up then. We finally you know start getting into uh, divisional play here. We got Winnipeg coming up, and um, yeah. And here's a topic that is going to be warm to the heart of uh, really uh, team executives and uh, player agents. Uh, the good news, uh, JT from Gary Bettman, was that you know they're they're recovering well financially. The the league is is in a good place, or the league is paying off the uh, getting the escrow stuff resolved, or getting everything back to a good place from the pandemic uh, revenue losses. And you know, and, and really, I'm surprised Gary did this, but he. You know, optimistically projected you know if things hold a four million dollar jump in the cap for next year and we had heard the cap was going to go up significantly in the years to come but the good news is that it, that the years to come could be as quick as this next summer we won't know till june jt but this could be good news for both uh players like tarasenko and o'reilly and for gms like doug armstrong yeah i uh uh saw uh, armstrong at the morning skate and I mentioned that to him and he said, I'll believe it when I see it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, an extra four to four and a half million that that could be enough to make sure that uh, uh, O'Reilly's back. I mean, for, and there are a lot of teams that are, that, that have severe cap issues, some more so than the, uh, uh, than the blues. So that, yeah, that's uh, really good. Now, if only it could raise 8 million, then, then maybe they could resign uh, O'Reilly Barbashev and and Nikola, but yeah, uh, if that is indeed the case, that's that's really good news for the Blues. Yeah, and if it then keeps going up after that, you know, it's so many things come into play down the line. Is you know when those Falk and uh, Krug and uh, Pareko contracts, you know, get get up there in the years, that that's you want the cap to be going up, so that's a less smaller and smaller percentage of uh, of the salary cap. Yeah, and JT, part of the uh, the bet that uh, Doug Armstrong made with uh, the Robert Thomas and the Jordan Cairo deals, you know, which the league is increasingly moved toward getting those guys paid earlier. You know, the calculation there was that you're going to see significant cap increases during the course of those contracts, and and those contracts, such you know, especially given the age of the players, are going to age really well. They're, they're those guys are likely to be considered uh, as those they get to the end of those deals um as bargains unless something you know bad happens to their careers but um you know th that cap could be 12 15 whatever million more late late yeah. in those contracts yeah if, if, if it's going to go up four million a year by the by the back end of of those contracts they're gonna they're going to look uh pretty good i mean uh uh, uh that's for sure uh 
Interestingly, again, just two games, but boy, it looks like we've seen the changing of the guard at, at center. I mean, uh, Thomas is, he's getting about two, three, four minutes more of ice time than O'Reilly. Uh, he definitely look, it looks like he's the, the number one center. He's getting a lot of face-offs, defensive zone face-offs. It, it looks like uh, the future is now for, uh, for Robert Thomas. Uh, I don't know how this pretends for O'Reilly and his contract. That line has been pretty quiet that uh, Saad O'Reilly Cairo uh, line Cairo will shoot the puck and he he's going to find a way to score no matter where he is had a nice goal right after the power play ended there but uh, yeah definitely definitely uh, looks like Thomas is the number one center right now yeah you know you want I was wondering if as these lines are currently constructed if having Cairo with O'Reilly makes that not a line you're as inclined to put out there defensively in a key situation because Cairo just doesn't have the defensive chops. And so you'd rather see Thomas and Buchnevich, Buchnevich a very good defensive player and Tarasenko, um, you know, who can, who can do it uh, out there at a key time, as much as you'd like to have O'Reilly there, does Cairo, you know, negate the benefits of, uh, of having him out there for a defensive zone start. All right, JT, give us a, a quick look ahead for the blues on this trip. Uh, again, it's a little bit of a, a, a um, spread out a bit, but they do get the uh, they do get to see a, a, some elite talent here very soon, and uh, they're going to have to uh, manage the puck a whole lot better in their next two games, really next three games, uh, than they did against uh, overall against Columbus and Seattle. Yeah, uh, uh, early trip here into uh, into Canada, and you know if they're if they're wondering about their pace, but they, they, they better have their pace going against, uh, against Edmonton. Uh, uh, that, that, that's for sure. And, and the, the puck management will really, really be a key there. And then you go into, uh, you go into Winnipeg and the, the blues have had trouble with Winnipeg. Even last year, they've had trouble with, uh, Winnipeg and, uh, you know, Patrick Liney's not around to score five goals against them. Like he, he did a, a few years back, but, uh, you know, I think realistically, if they can win one out of the two games, uh, you know, they, they'd come back to St. Louis pretty happy. Jimmy, you you probably you may have seen, I haven't seen Edmonton play this year, but they've scored 10 goals in three games. That seems yeah. un-Oilerish. What's, uh, <laughs> what's the deal? Yeah, they've been, uh, it's funny, they've, uh, they start off with the, uh, you know, splitting up McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, um, trying to, you know, trying to spread, trying to, uh, to get some, you know, um, you know, create the two, two vibrant lines. Uh, I don't know why they just don't play them just over and over and over again. I think, uh, you know, going back to, um, I love the philosophy of, of a Ken Hitchcock and, and hate the philosophy of, uh, of some of the guys that have, uh, some of these other guys who coach and, and spread, spread things out. I mean, I think they just play those guys and just heck with it. Just roll them out there every other shift and just go. And I think, like, I think that I think when Hitchcock got to a point where he said, "That's you know, that's that's all I got." So I'm this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, I I certainly wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't keep those guys on the on the bench uh, the bench that much. So to summarize, then, Buchnevich, Mister Congeniality, Tory Krug, mm -hmm. the Don't Be Dumb Award, and mm -hmm. uh, I guess Bennington's Mister Goalie for, yeah. for last night. So. Yeah, I talked to him the other day and he's, he's kind of, you know, the, the cockiness, you know, is, is, is getting back in there, but he's also kind of 
you know, it's kind of a low key cocky mix right now for Bennington. I, you know, the attitude is, is there, but he's trying to rein it in a little bit. I think that's a good read that the hair's longer too. When you say Tom, it's like a Samson effect. there, just a little, a little longer curl, curl pattern coming out. When you're around the team all the time, like we are, Tom, you notice <laughs> these things, right? These are the things we love. And Tyler Pitlick is uh, is also still around. We should be remiss in yeah. missing that he's still there hanging out, apparently. We don't know why he's around, under what status. Uh, does he have a green card? Is he? I mean, uh, PTO, uh, he's not, nothing has been reported to the league as far as we know. So I, I don't know. He's just kind of hanging out. Yeah, so there, I, saw, I saw him in the hallway yesterday and said, congratulations, because Baruby said he was going on the trip. And he looked at me like, what? What well, have I done? What, 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 what are you talking, are you talking about? about? Uh, yeah, and, he, and he still hasn't signed. Well, you know, they're feeding him, which is a good thing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, charter flights, you got a couple of meals on those. And so, you know, and they're housing him, you know, gets, gets, I, I'm assuming they're letting him stay in one of the rooms. <laughs> you know, not make him sleep at the rink. So, yeah, you know. yeah, gets to practice with a with an NHL team, and uh, you know, uh, good view. He was right up there in the uh, in the press box uh, too. So, uh, wearing glasses, uh, watching. Uh, the game. So, yeah. it just goes to show, guys. You just want, you know. I mean, you think you have enough players, you never have enough players. You guys have mentioned it, so uh, maybe he'll be on the power play. But before this trip's over, you never know the way this things goes. All right, we'll, we'll let JT get to the airport. We'll thank Tom for his service. We appreciate everybody who listens to the NetFront Presence podcast. We're glad we could be in a cheery mood this week. Uh, we'll see how it is next week. But until then, for JT, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya.